yeah, no, I, I do have a trivia question for you guys. I, I think that Nate already knows this answer, so I will start I with John first. So, I, I, know, I don't even know what the question is. It does pertain to something that we talked about last week, but... um. So I'll start with John, and then maybe we'll get the final answer from Nate. But my question, though, is <laughs> we watched Life is Sweet, which is a very British film. Um, oh, man. And All right. the, yep. when I was watching the film, I realized, I'm like, oh, my God, the casting agent for the Harry Potter franchise must have watched this movie. Because there, there's several Harry Potter actors that are in Life is Sweet. Oh. And my question to John, Nate can confirm, how many actors are in... Life is sweet that are also in Harry Potter. Well, I know there's one who plays Scabbers. Timothy um, Spall. Okay. Timothy Spall. I I I don't <laughs> recognize any of the other Well, do I? They gotta be minor characters. None of the other ones are like very big characters. Even Timothy Spall wasn't that we'll big see. of a character. Okay. Okay. I I guess I'm just gonna say four. Four. Okay. I'll say four, but I don't know. Neat the correct answer. <laughs> at all. Three. Three. Oh, damn it. I was going to say three. So you got Timothy Spall. Underestimate. <laughs> you know Professor Lupin, the werewolf? Yeah, he, he's he the was, guy with the nice hair. Yeah, he was the guy that like talked to the girl like Donald Duck. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and then um, Jim Broadbent, the dad. The dad, yeah. <laughs> he plays Professor Slughorn <laughs> in okay, yeah. Half-Blood Prince. He looks like the nicest guy. But to ever, be fair, picture, like. <laughs> it felt like there were there was four actors in this movie that were also in the Harry Potter franchise because the girl that plays um, Nicola, the kind of like mm-hmm. the crazy girl that has like a lot of mental health issues, she yeah. Yeah. literally sounded and looked exactly like Moaning Myrtle. Like I literally Kinda. thought, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, this feels yeah. like it's Moaning Myrtle. Just the way she talked and just the way like, you like expressions. <laughs> yeah, like she would just be very like, yeah, very British. So I was like, oh my god, it felt like Moaning Myrtle's in this movie, but it takes place way before. <laughs> well, we can get into it. Welcome back to Collector's Corner, hosted by us, Those Movie Dudes. It's the show where one of us dusts off a film from a physical media collection, puts it in the Blu-ray player to watch, and then we get together to discuss what we liked, didn't like, and why the hell we bought the film in the first place. So Nate, this is your week. We're finally getting to you. You picked the Criterion edition of Life is Sweet. Um... Plain and simple, I think I can speak for John here. This is a movie that I had never heard about until you picked it, until you selected uh, the film for us to vote on. I mean, John, is that correct? Have you heard of this film, Life is Sweet? I've shopped at Life is Good. Okay, um, so yeah, no. And that's probably <laughs> there the closest we go. That's all I've we needed. That's all we needed. Uh, yeah, okay. That, <laughs> yep, continue. Go ahead, Nate. So, yeah. You can take over from here. <laughs> Nate, give us a little bit of the, the yeah. history with this film. What made you pick this up on Criterion, and why did you pick it for us to watch? Well, of course, it seems like every film I pick just happens to be from Criterion Collection just because it's got all the special features, beautiful packaging and whatnot. But I'm really interested in the Criterion Closet videos that you can find on the Criterion channel uh, YouTube channel where they do closet videos with a bunch of auteurs and actors and stuff like that. And actually, the woman, I I don't remember how to pronounce her name. It's like Desiree Hakvana or something like that. She directed the Miss Education of Cameron Post. She... Chris Moretz? Yep. No. Well, yes, but no. But the director of that, she has a closet video. Um, She was also in Creep 2. And... She talked about this movie just 
being her favorite Mike Lee film, very British. It had it talked about bulimia, and those weren't like specific reasons why, but just the way that she talked about this movie and being very lifelike and honest and realistic, but also really quirky. It just sounded interesting. But I want to say the main thing that got me to this, which a lot of collectors might feel the same way I do. I just saw the cover when I was in the sale one time. Hmm. And it just it's simple because it's just got that crappy uh, hitched uh, mobile food, food trailer. Vehicle. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the tr- food trailer. And I just looked at it. And for some reason, I was like, I feel like I'm really going to like this movie just based on like the cover and the back. So I can see that. I can see you picking that movie up and just looking at the cover, the very simplistic uh, food truck trailer and just going, I don't know what it is, but this movie has got it. And you just go, Yeah, to I don't yeah, know what it is. Yeah, but I was about to reference <laughs> to go that. Home, I need some sunglasses. Yeah. I need some yeah. sunglasses need to just sunglasses. put on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. but uh, so, yeah. No, that's that's it. Nate's a big impulse buy, like kind of dude. Like Blind I mean, today too. was what the flash sale for Criterion, uh, Criterion Collection, right? So I can imagine if you if you had the funds, you'd go on there and buy like six or seven movies. Well, after we do this podcast, I have one in mind that I'm going to get for this 24 hour flash sale because it will officially help me complete my decades in my 2022 Criterion challenge. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What's and what is that? So, I didn't know what. I don't know what that is. So, I I don't remember the the guy's name, and if, I'll look him up so the next podcast I can shout him out. But he's a guy on Instagram that proposed this uh, Criterion challenge for the year, and he did fifty two different categories, one for each week of the year, and it starts with the first category is a movie from the year you were born. And it goes from 1920 to 2010s. And then it does specific directors. And then it will do a movie from this certain person's Criterion Closet video. So you'd have to go and watch the the video online and see what movies they pulled out during their closet. And then watch one of those movies. So it's got like a bunch of different categories and criteria to doing it. Um, but the only one I haven't seen yet is from the 1920s. And so that will complete my decades. Well, that's dedication right there, I would say. And I guess it could get expensive if you end up buying all these movies. Oh God, no. Like there's only a handful that I've watched so far that I would consider purchasing. Um, but the one that I'm going to purchase, I already kind of like life is sweet. I know I'm going to love this movie. So I know it's kind of a safe buy. All right. Well, Speaking of Life is Sweet, if you've never heard of this film, this film came out in 1990, is written and directed by Mike Lee. Is that how you say his name? Because I always yeah, read it as that's Lee. That's correct. But, um, okay, yeah. Mike Lee. It stars Jim Broadbent, Allison Steadman, and Timothy Spall. has a 7.4 on IMDb, a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.9 on Letterboxd. And essentially what I came to discover about this movie is there's not much of a plot. It's just a kind of a slice of life. Uh, kind of this look at this British family, but it's a shop assistant, her cook husband, and their twin daughters ponder their lives over a few weeks in a working class suburb north of London. So that's pretty much it <laughs> with the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a slice of life, taking a look at this family from uh, Britain and uh, just kind of following their their days over 
course of a couple of weeks. And uh, family drama. Yeah. Nate's Nate's thing. Family drama. No failed somehow, marriages. Some way. No failed marriages here. Actually, no, quite a, a very a very strong marriage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very strong. Very yeah. open. Very. Uh, very funny. <laughs> one drama the... stems from the uh, from the children or one child. I would say is is definitely the the base of the drama in this in this family and a spoon. So this was yeah, that's true, the spoon. Yeah. I love that that freaking spoon. <laughs> Put it on the wall. So like, this was the first time John and I had even heard of this film, and it's the first time we watched it. But Nate, you watched this what a couple of years ago for the first time because this was your second time watching yeah. it. Yeah, right? yeah, this would be my second. Um, but like I've watched clips and read stuff about it so like i'm not unfamiliar with it just haven't watched it a whole ton of times so what did you think when you when you first checked it out it stood up to the expectations um it was very quirky which was kind of hard to hard to get used to because i'm not so used to like just this quick wit with a thick british accent and some of the humor is just a little bit different, a little more probably crass and vulgar, like the way like Timothy Spall's character acts towards the end and how Wendy handles it. Like the personalities that fill out the cast just are magnetic. They're just all polar opposites and they all have this, these weird things about them that just like the dad gets sucked into just giving his friend money for stuff. Daughter's bulimic. The other sister's going away. Like, there's just, there's so many different working parts that just make this family very bizarre, but almost super realistic <laughs> in a way. Like, I could see this family living down the street just yelling at each other, going, I've had it up to here with a lot of you. Like, yeah <laughs> oh, okay oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah really, she's pissed it really did feel like an actual family and we were just kind of like looking through the window into their little house and just kind of mm -hmm. watching them exist and that's what it felt like because once i don't know maybe like halfway through the movie once i realized I'm like oh this, there really isn't a plot here they're really just no. living their life existing kind of just doing their best to make some money and then yeah the dad kept on getting like uh conned by his friend who's <laughs> like always trying to sell him <laughs> something no matter what it is uh and he always like falls for it um, and yeah, no, and he always leaves afterwards, like immediately. He's like, yeah. "Oh, thanks for the money. I gotta go catch my cab." <laughs> and then their family friend, played by uh, Timothy Spall, just is just like this bumbling idiot, but it's just kind of funny as well. Like he provides a lot of the comedic relief throughout the movie, just by his mannerisms, the way he talked, and also just like his restaurant idea of like, "I'm gonna open a restaurant that's nothing but just gross sounding foods." And of course it fails. Dude, his, <laughs> like what? His menu made me sick to my oh, stomach. Gross. Everything they read off that menu, I was like, like, is this what British food is like? Because if so, like, I'm never visiting England. No, it Fish was with chocolate sauce. This ridiculous <laughs> no idea. Fucking, thank you. Yeah, and also like with the, it follows that like just like just random dreams people have like with the dad, played by Jim Broadbent. Like he wanted to own like a food truck. Uh, but like even that storyline doesn't really go anywhere other than just he buys the trailer, just sits in his driveway and he falls asleep in it when he's drunk. Like that's, that's kind of it. Like it's not really important, but it's just there in the film anyways. So once Andy? I kind of realized what that Andy? was, I kind of, uh, I came to appreciate uh, it. That kind of, it kind of reminded me of uh, my stepfather who like every couple of years he'll buy a new old boat and then he'll try to work on it. 
and then it just ends up failing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, for instance, like, we had a boat that, for some reason, was never able to plane on the water in our lake, so we got rid of it. My mom was mad when we brought it. He didn't tell her. Um, and then another time, he bought a boat, and, like, he doesn't really have any boating, like, expertise, so it got beached in the harbor one time, like... <laughs> He always loses his sunglasses on the boat. Okay, so you get you get to relate. It has like nothing that. to do with the boat. Yeah. Just he loses. Yeah, so this is a movie. Now that I think of it, like there's a lot of similarities, even with these crazy British and, people. Like, even Life in the is sweet Maine. When um, yeah. uh, they're like, oh, "Why don't you go finish the patio?" And he just goes out and sits there and just stares at it. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. <laughs> but like, yeah, he just like has all these like ideas and like th- like things on his to do list, but he just won't get it done. And I can relate to that for sure. But. Uh, he has yeah, those two yeah. dog statues, and the guy's like, oh, what you doing today, Andy? And he's like, ruff, 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 ruff. <laughs> I'm just like, this guy's a professor at Hogwarts? Like, what kind of qualifications <laughs> are that? Jim Broadbent, to me, has always been an actor. I mean, if you just go to his IMDb page and you take a look at his photo, I mean, you guys can feel free to do this right now. You just take a look at his photo on IMDb. Like, he just is like the most huggable looking actor I think I have ever seen yeah. in my life. Like I literally just want to run up to him, give him like the nicest, biggest bear hug possible. Um, I think that mainly stems from his little scene in cloud Atlas when he was like in the bathroom and the thugs were after him and they like run in and shove a plunger <laughs> on his head. And I just felt so bad for him. <laughs> so since then I've always just like wanted to hug Jim Broadbent, but it was weird seeing him look so young, like with like just, you know, he has black yeah. hair, he's got like, the, the beard and everything, but his character was, pretty entertaining i i gotta say just because like i don't know probably my favorite character personally he had he had he had like just typical dad stuff right. where he's just kind of clumsy and like not the most handy dude so i mean i i can relate to that um like every other character was just like a little bit harder for me to relate to like the daughters and timothy spall's character the mom was she was kind of mean at I times, the but then also she was like, she was stern when she needed to be to her family because they needed to fucking hear it. God damn, that daughter really needed to get it, get it thrown at her sometimes because she was just out of control. She's probably but, the strongest performance yes. out of all of them because she has the to go from the mom. The mom. She has okay, to go yeah. from happy, loving family to having to deal with her drunk husband who doesn't have money, keeps bringing shit home. And then these two daughters that are polar opposites of one another. Yeah. <laughs> twins, right? They're mm-hmm. meant to be twins in the film? Yeah. 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 The, yeah the, when the mother finally lays it into uh, the Nicola, the daughter that's having all these issues, it was a great scene. Yeah, by far the best performance. And it just rang true. It was just like, yeah, like the mom just wants the daughter to be happy. Doesn't care what she does with her life. Just like, just be happy. Do something that will bring you happiness. Because whatever you're doing now is just like ridiculous. And I like that was a great message to hear, obviously. But the performance from Allison Stedman was by far the strongest here because yeah, she did go from being kind of like a very bubbly kind of personality to also yeah, like when she needs to get serious and lay down the line, like she will. And uh, it was by far like a, the strongest performance. Yeah, the, uh, the performance that was my favorite scene in the movie. Um, Me too. I think it was it was the most real scene where everything else is a little bit bubbly quirky i guess like this one is the most serious like down-to-earth genuine scene where it's like the mother is finally like hey nicola like you need to admit that you're you need help like you're something's fucking wrong with you and like we we're here to help you you know 
Yeah. And like even after that, she was like, I don't need help. I, <laughs> I really can't do the crazy British accent. But I was I just got so mad at her in that scene. Like, listen to your damn mother. Like, just listen to her. Like three years from now, you're going to be like, wow, I should listen to my fucking mom. Yeah. You know, what, what get me is it, like, I'm fine up until the daughter goes, you hate me. Because then you see the mom immediately change. And go like, from I'm done like with this. angry to, what are you kidding, Nicola? I don't hate you. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do her accent. But yeah, like John said it perfectly. This is my favorite moment in the movie because it's mm-hmm. a turn that you don't really see coming, but a turn that you need for that character to succeed. And um, I loved Nicola's character just because she was so different, but she. I guess this is like one of the best portrayals of someone with bulimia that they just force themselves to, to eat just really to get to the satisfaction and then throwing it up because they think they're fat. And I guess that's all the mental game and stuff like that that she had problems with. But when they're hugging on the bed and she's just holding her, like it feels so good. You've seen this family overcome this big obstacle. And you feel very intimate in that moment. And it's genuine, too, because it's, like, happening at the same time as her father's dealing with his just, like, (laughs) stupid injury, which is so perfect for his character, too. It's like, hey, father really just wants you to come downstairs. And, like, I feel like we've all kind of been there. Like, that that was – these situations seem like they've happened to me in in some way, one way or another, where the dad just wants to be, like – just he needs his pity party, I guess. (laughs) You know? He's like, yeah, I slept on the spoon. It's like, just – just – just sit on the couch for like five minutes so you, your dad knows you care. <laughs> you oh, know? woe is me. So that I, was nice. He was such a wuss about it. He's just like, oh, yeah. oh, don't pick my foot up. Oh, 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 experiamus. Oh, Harry. <laughs> like you just, yeah, just the way I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to, I, no, I hate to rip on. I'm not trying to rip on my stepfather, but he does this thing where uh, on Mondays, my mom sometimes will call, she'll call me, but she did like last week. And she'll be like, yeah, John woke up and he had this little bit of a cough. So we call that a work. <laughs> like he does this all the time where he's just like, <coughs> I'm sick. I can't go to work today. Well, now is times <laughs> it's probably so understandable. But like, well, yeah, if he's been yeah. doing it for like three years, missing half of his work, then I can kind of I gotta go get a COVID test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could make that excuse. Sure. Uh, Why not? I'm glad you saw a lot of your stepfather in this father. <laughs> I really did. It's just, it's very funny. I saw funny. John's stepfather in this movie. <laughs> did you? Okay. Yeah. Now that's all I can think about. It's like, this movie's about John, but in England in 1993. <laughs> there you go. Favorite character for you guys. Not Timothy Spall. I, okay, um, but when oh. you're first introduced to Timothy Spall, I was like, okay, here's the comedic relief that I kind of wanted with this movie. Because up, up until that point, the British slang was making me laugh already. Just like how they were talking. I just enjoy it. I think it's funny. And it's, I had to turn on subtitles because I couldn't understand a word that they were saying. But uh, <laughs> their mannerisms are all over the place. Yeah. Like, like to the point where I really didn't know what the hell they were talking about a lot. Because they really have so many like analogies that are just so out there for it's me. wonderful. I love it. Where, yeah. Yeah, no. It, it, it is cool because it, it's, it's different from those Edgar Wright films, which I love that quick-witted British humor, but this is, like, more grounded and realistic to how, like, a family, like, everyday family would talk. So it it, it was it was cool, but it threw me off a lot, But too. it was uh, the way Aubrey kind of just, like, 
Timothy Spall's character. The way he like kind of behaved and his manners mannerisms were funny to me. Like he just jumps on the bed and does like a like a somersault and like crashes into the wall. And then like there's one scene yeah. too. I forget. Like he gets mad that like I think his girlfriend is busy or I don't know something like something pisses him off. And there's a bunch of candles lined up and he's going fuck 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 fuck, fuck. <laughs> just like goes on like a tangent. I'm like wait what the fuck just happened? Like, he's just a wild oh it's it's guard. because the 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 waitress that was supposed to help him ran off with her boyfriend to like yeah. another country and he's like <laughs> what the hell the i don't know just like random his, moments well, like that uh, kind of just made me laugh uh his best line yeah brush your mama pineapple before it went bad <laughs> yeah, brought your pineapple. just holding a pineapple <laughs> like want do you want to come in yeah all right <laughs> he was also just such a fucking weird creepy guy too like with his sous chef what the fuck was going oh, on oh yeah just had a drum like just like over his shoulder to, like grab it <laughs> that was just it it was yeah. like genuinely made me uncomfortable like he was funny and, and weird and like i guess the comedic comedic relief but just like well, it it did get to a fuck? point where I, I like towards like the third act i'm like okay maybe this is a little too much timothy spall <laughs> like maybe pull back yeah, a little yeah bit. that's what i'm saying <laughs> but when you first introduced to him i'm like oh okay this is a nice kind of comedic relief character we can laugh at uh but um, then yeah, it kind of becomes ex- uh, excessive, especially when the wife goes and works for the restaurant, and then he just gets drunk and yeah. But it was kind <laughs> of fun to, to watch his restaurant <laughs> crash and burn, where he just gets belligerently drunk and is in the streets yelling at people walking by. <laughs> and there's <laughs> no one like outside, like no yeah, one. Yeah, he's yeah. just yelling, and then he's like, "I want to fuck you, Wendy. I want to fuck you." And she's she handles it. Like a pro. Oh man, she she was just funny. She's like, oh maybe, maybe they'll come in. You know, no one runs right in at noontime on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all day. Trying to make Nothing. it better for him. I got to go with the dad. I mean, the dad is I I think the most relatable for me. I actually found the mom and, and Nicola kind of uh a little. I, I didn't I didn't really like them very much because I, I just found them complaining a lot. At least for Nicola, it, like this movie, honestly did get on my nerves quite quite often throughout the runtime. Mm-hmm. And there were the only character that didn't really bother me uh, was was the dad. So, because he was your stepfather, because <laughs> he was my my British stepfather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I can but see Nicola it too. was just like because <sighs> I I, just... I like the mom. I liked her like off color remarks just randomly like she'd make a lot of like sexual innuendos and like just make the daughters feel very uncomfortable but yet she also had like the biggest heart uh she was so supportive even though she was gonna tease her husband like just i don't know i just i definitely liked her character a lot but the dad i mean he was yeah i mean maybe the most relatable just never wanting to finish any project he starts and (laughs) just i don't know yeah no it definitely was over the top 100 percent. this film was over the top i definitely like slice of life movies though in different cultures because I mean, we're mm-hmm. so used to American films and the, just the American dream, pursuit of happiness, whatever. Fuck that shit. I want to see like some like s- like spring, uh, summer, fall, winter, whatever that movie was called. Like or, like Life is oh. Sweet or other just movies like Slice of Life that's just a completely different culture. That was interesting because that it does kind of fascinate me. And yeah, like kind of being thrown into the small suburban home <laughs> of like this British, very <laughs> very British family. It was kind of just like a nice. Uh, change of pace from all these other films that we are 
always watching. But um, but yeah, I, I love Nicola. Just she was so bizarre, but she was just the most devastated. And for some reason, I just relate to devastated characters that just feel lost, like without a sense of purpose, kind of thing. And she just all that stuff stacked on top of it. She doesn't feel that she fits in with her family and the whole bulimia and chocolate. She loves her chocolate spread. Um, I don't know what that was. It's certainly unexpected. Um, it was a fetish of some sort. I don't know what that would be called. Chaka phobia. <laughs> She's a very damaged character uh, that went through a yeah. lot. And I do like that you kind of finally do understand where she's coming from towards the end with the conversation with the mom as in like she apparently had like two weeks to live because this bulimia issue was Mm -hmm. really really affecting her life and she like dropped out of college and stuff like that like you learn a lot about her character at the end because you kind of have to just put up with her (laughs) for most of this movie it's like oh my god who Mm -hmm. who is this person the the sister too like the very tomboyish very quiet but kind of just very intelligent as well uh, mm-hmm. Like their contrast was was wonderful, but the relationship between them was very nice as well. And uh, like that scene with them kind of talking at the end, as in like she's like, "Oh, like, do you need any money? Like I'll I'll help you out or whatever." And he's, she's also like, uh, "Like you know, I'm also pretty disgusting too." And she's like, "Yeah, I like to shove my hand like down toilets." I don't know if she was making that up to make her feel better, but oh. it was just like a sweet mm-hmm. moment. It's yeah. like she's trying to make her sister feel a little bit better about kind of just being so weird and that strange. was a nice yeah moment. but also and it's her job the movie yeah. she's a plumber <laughs> yeah true yeah. yeah uh but like the movie just ended i'm like wait a second we're ending it here like this really this movie really was about nothing <laughs> but yeah it, it worked in a sense as well uh so like yeah. it had its payoff with that confrontation between the mom and nicola so i guess that was kind of its climactic point of the movie because yeah. hers then... was the story that really had the most stakes to it like yeah Yes, she could die from this. Everybody else was like, trying okay, to get by. gonna lose yeah. a little bit of money. Like, I mean, yeah, trying to start a restaurant, but like hers was the only one that had like genuine stakes to it. Like so consequences, I'm glad kind of. <laughs> yeah, like really harsh consequences if she didn't get a handle on this shit. So I'm glad that the final two scenes were like not only the best scenes, and probably the best for like camaraderie, like family coming together with the sisters and then the mother, but. And even in the scene with the dad, like they they finally like give him the time of day, the attention he needs. Like the the last like the last act was like a good wrap up for mm-hmm. for this little little story. Yeah, you know. And Mike Lee, just like you even watch interviews with him, he's very British. He he's a little heightened and goofy as well, so it kind of fits that he would make these types of movies. Um, this is the only one I've seen of his, yeah. but there's many more in the Criterion Collection, which I'm sure I'll pick up at some point. Well, because the only thing that I had seen from Mike Lee, like I haven't seen, this isn't the first time I've seen a film by him, but all of his other films look like they're these like big, like wig and costume period pieces that I would never watch in a million years. Like Mr. Turner, <laughs> uh, Peter Lou, um, there's a, vera drake i don't know it's all of these movies that look so like period piece where i'm just like oof i don't know if i can if I, if I can do that but this movie was not like that at all um but yeah and we can now kind of transition more into the uh special features because you have the criterion edition of this um i did get through like 25 minutes of the director's commentary from mike lee and just by what you were saying like he does sound very like, kind of like goofy and like uh very british 
the way he talks during the commentary, you would think it's like Richard Attenborough doing like a nature documentary, <laughs> but he's talking about his own film. <laughs> it was so weird and like kind of off-putting, but I really liked it. Because, uh, yeah, like the first, I think, two minutes of the commentary, it's like in the movie, the mother is teaching this like dance class with kids. Um, yeah. And he's like... Uh, he's like, hey, everybody, my name is Mike Lee, and I'm not doing the British accent, but we're talking about my film Life is Sweet. This movie is about, from alphabetical order, and he goes through A through Z on like different like t- adjectives of what this movie's about. In alphabetical order, and amongst other things, Life is Sweet is about accordions, affection, alcohol, alienation, anorexia, baby wear, ballet, baths, birdcages, birth, boys, bullshit... Candles, capitalism. And he does it <laughs> two to three minutes straight. And he's like, I'm like, what the fuck? My God. And I guess I, I heard a rumor that towards the end of the commentary, he, like when the credits are about to roll, he's like, hey, and that is, like, like thanks everyone for listening to my commentary. Life is sweet. This is my least favorite film of my films. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Just like, what? <laughs> okay. Really? That's what he says. I might yeah. have to look at that later and just be um, like, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this has, like, what What else does this have for the uh, special features? Because I know you did go through them. So it did has... You guys know that, uh, oh. Oh, did you guys know the, that the girl who played, uh, the woman, the actress who played Nicola was in Chicken Run? Yep, Babs. Oh, was she the chicken? She was Babs. <laughs> she was one of the chickens, so oh, now you know. Babs. Good. Is good. Babs one of the chickens? Yes. I'm glad she got work. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Cool. for her. Um, But yes, this had an hour-long interview that I didn't realize was even on there until I looked at it. But then it also includes five five five-minute short films, which I thought was kind of funky. But I watched them all right through. And it's just basic little stories about people from England. A couple try to have a baby... Two friends meet up and one friend won't shut up and the other guy's trying to leave. A bunch of little just, it's only a five minute short, so they're not super impressive. But you could see little seeds spread out for stories that Mike Lee could have uh, made into a feature film. It was really interesting uh... seeing what he could do Wait, I, with I a, a five minute skit. This. Was he making these short films as like a companion piece to Life is Sweet or was this kind of just separate? No. And they just included it on this Blu-ray because it's Mike Lee. I believe they were originally supposed to be made for like an anthology type TV show where oh, it would just be a right bunch here. of shorts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Directed for the proposed television series, five minute films. Okay. And I know they were only five minutes, but they were actually pretty well done. Like there was a story you could see kind of working itself together with the five mm-hmm. minutes. But it was cool to see. It, it allowed me to break my OCD. I wasn't pausing it every three minutes. I was just like, okay, I got five minutes. Like, this is easy. So kind of makes me wish every movie was five minutes. But we can't get that You get a lot of movies out of the way. Yeah, no, I think that was really it that it had. It had the, the five shorts, the commentary, and then the hour-long interview with the London Film Theater. So I will say also, uh, because... I watched this on the Criterion channel, which is the streaming site for Criterion movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was watching this and the transfer on the Criterion channel, just streaming wise, was actually really good. Like it looked like a film that maybe could have been in like mid 2000s, but 
I was actually kind of surprised because usually, like, when we first had the Criterion channel, I think we subscribed to it when it first launched, like, April of 2019 or something like that. And Mm -hmm. uh, the quality wasn't there. I mean, it was, like, Mm -hmm. 720p. I mean, they're old movies. It's, like, movies from all across, like, the world. So transfers aren't always the best, but, I mean, it's been a couple of years now, and I know this is one that they had, like, the full Criterion edition on the Criterion channel website. So this one did look really good. So yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised uh, by the the transfer. Um, Hello there. So yeah, I mean, we can just give our maybe some final thoughts and a grade for Life Is Sweet. Uh, I would I I don't mind going first here. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You go first. Oh okay, Spencer, you go first. (laughs) All right, here we go. (laughs) Um, I will say this was a movie that took me a couple of sittings to get through, mainly because I kept putting it on late at night and I was falling asleep. So I think I rewatched the first half of this movie twice before I finally got all the way through. Um, but Same. Okay. once I did that, <laughs> I did it was a movie that I appreciated more. Yeah. Like uh, the more I thought about it, as I was watching it, I wasn't necessarily like riveted, but I wasn't bored either. Like I was definitely into the movie and was curious to see what exactly it was. Once I realized that it was just kind of a, a slice of life, I got to kind of just relax a little bit and kind of just look at the the performances, like the British culture, and I got to kind of be more absorbed into that aspect of the film, which I came to appreciate a lot more, like I said. So um, I am going to go... I'd go three and a half out of five. I, it was a three out of five for a while, but I did kind of rewatch some of the commentary with the, the movie again and uh, kind of come to appreciate it a little bit more. So I will go three and a half out of five. I would recommend it for people who kind of like slice of life movies or just movies about a different culture. Uh, it's, it's interesting enough and it has great performances. So I am. Um, yeah. Better for the doubt. It was good. All right, Mr. Mainstream boy, this movie didn't come out in 2021. So what it did didn't. you think yeah. about it? <laughs> um, it's definitely like, Spencer actually hit it, hit the nail on the head here. It took me a few settings to get through um, because I didn't know what I was getting into with this film. So it did throw me off when it just kind of started out with these over the top English characters just kind of complaining about everything like Nicola and stuff just being kind of a total brat. So it, it did take me a little while to get into, especially with Timothy Spall's character just being like the weirdest dude I've ever seen on screen. But like... There's a yeah, there's a there's a there is a lot to like here. It it does end up being kind of a coming to age story for uh especially Nicola, the younger, the daughter, and then the dad, obviously, like we all know from this whole podcast, I really like the dad. Um and I think I think anybody who watches this movie will probably find a character to latch on to. There's a lot of real life grounded elements here that uh are, you know, are done well in this kind of family drama. It's not really for me. Um, I didn't love it, um, but it was kind of cool to kind of be like a fly on the wall and watch this this family clash and come together again and just kind of just, I don't know. It, it was interesting to take in. So it's fresh for me. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Probably not anything I would consider revisiting uh, anytime soon. That's as nice as I can be. <laughs> It's like a five out of five for Nate coming up here. Let's see. It's not a five out of five, John, but for mm. me, it's a four and a half out of five. Uh, but it's definitely one of those movies that grows on me with each watch. I kind of like it a little bit more. I I get more comfortable in the situations and just enjoy the goofiness and just 
how over the top it was. It makes me want to go to England because I want to just go eat that food. Go, yeah, just go to that restaurant. Um, go to that junkyard where they found this thing. Go to the pub. Go to the duplex. See what's going on. Like, I really, really dug this movie. Even though it's not for everybody, like you said, John, it wasn't your cup of tea, per se. Not my cup of tea, particularly, but, like, I think it could appear to some people. Okay, now... Okay, now I... You're taking a fucking piss! Okay, I feel now we have to do the rest of this podcast with a British accent, Um, but, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah, it was four, four and a half out of five for me. Um... I wouldn't particularly eat the meals that uh, Timothy Spall had ready, like... The dock and the chocolate sauce. Yeah. Or the, the pan-fried cock base sauce, prone quiche, king <laughs> prawn, and jam sauce. <laughs> Do you have any of those chilled brains? Grilled trotter with eggs over easy. You ever had lamb tongue, doll? You ever had Maybe lamb tongue? Maybe some black pudding and combat soup. Broiled uh, bacon and... I'm just reading off fucking IMDb. And on top on of trivia. that... I brought your mom a pineapple. Why not? All right, yeah, no. Sweet. Life is sweet. You can uh, stream that on the Criterion channel if you have that subscription, or you can pick up the Criterion Blu-ray if you want to. It is an acquired taste, I will say, but it is a film that I think you will maybe grow to appreciate more uh, the more you reflect on it, possibly. I don't know. I'm making shit up now. And if not, um, I'll come to your house and I'll fucking kill you. Holy shit. (laughs) Taking it to a different level. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, thank you, Nate, for choosing that movie for us to watch. It's another film for us to cross off our watch lists. Uh, So, yeah, life is sweet. But I'm going to go eat a bar of chocolate and then throw it up. Well, anyways, next week we're back to John's picks, back to his physical media collection. So, John, what film (sighs) are we watching for you? And this is actually the winner of the poll that we posted over the weekend. (sighs) Uh, once a month, you guys can yeah. vote on what episodes you want us to uh, to cover for movies and stuff. So, John, this is the winner. So, what was it? Yeah. So, this is a former Best Picture winner. It's a movie that I tried to watch one time, and it wasn't any fault of the film why I stopped watching it halfway through. I was just sure. tired, and uh, I didn't finish it, and then it won Best Picture. It's Parasite. So, it's I do open. not know the twist. It's not open. It is in the plastic still. I'm actually not going to open it. I'm going to watch it on that Criterion channel. You can watch it on Hulu. Or Hulu. Or oh. So is this uh, just going to be my week again? Like, I'll... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're watching Parasite. Uh, when you finally hear this episode, I will have watched the film. I will know the twist. Whatever it is, I really have absolutely no idea. I don't remember really anything about the movie. Um, so... Yeah, I'm excited to revisit it and maybe finally have the appreciation that the rest of the world does for this film. Thank you for following us at Those Movie Dudes on Instagram and Twitter and subscribing to our podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. New episodes are every... Leave us a review. Leave us a fucking review. Even if it's a shitty one. I prefer shitty ones because then I can read it and laugh and realize that I suck at what I'm doing and I should probably stop. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So, Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
brought your mom a pineapple. Figured I'd do it before it went bad. <laughs>